This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Good morning. How's everybody? You know, as I was um, laying in bed last night getting ready to go to sleep and the wind was blowing and the rain was coming down in sheets, it reminded me of our grand opening Sunday. That's exactly what it was like, the very first Sunday at New Life. And uh, so... uh, that took me back a few years, like 13 years. When I hugged somebody on the way in this morning, they said, uh, are you living in denial? Just, they were looking at this and thinking, I had somebody else say, are you ready to go to work at Trader Joe's? <laughs> the truth is, I wore this on purpose. Okay? And there's a little lesson in this. And, and I, I wore this because I have a rule that if I have to work on my day off, and it's not my day off, obviously, but if I have to work on my day off, I dress like it's my day off. Because at least I get to pretend that it's my day off, even though I'm working. So I decided this morning that in spite of the weather we've been having, I was going to dress like we were in Hawaii anyway, right? So can you say aloha? aloha. Yeah, now, now here's the spiritual reality behind all that. You know, if you want to grow and you want to develop spiritually, you have to be willing to go against the flow. Have you noticed that? If you do whatever comes naturally, in the end, you won't grow and develop spiritually. So this is my reminder, and I want it to be your reminder every time you look up here, that God is calling you to go against the flow of our culture. Living in our culture, but to go against the flow of it, so that we end up to have lives that are full and rich and wonderful, because that's what he wants for us. So I say good morning to you. I say a special welcome to our guests this morning. Thank you for uh, getting up early on a stormy night and coming to church. Uh, We want you to feel welcome here. Let me say a couple of things that will uh, give you some... uh, some just some house business kind of things. My name is Ron. If I haven't met you yet, I would love to meet you before uh, you leave this morning. I'll be hanging out in the lobby afterwards. I would like for all of us, if we would, right now to take out this sheet of paper from our programs um, because I realize if you're a guest, <clears throat> I realize that you came this morning probably more inclined to be a spectator than a participant, and that's A-OK. If you just sit and observe, I hope you observe a number of things. I hope you observe a group of people who love to worship and praise God. I hope you observe a number of people who just love to be together and who love hanging out at church. And I hope you observe a people who love to learn. And that's where I want to invite you to turn from being a spectator into a participant. Because I believe that God has a purpose for you being here other than just watching. He wants to make an investment in your life. He wants to teach you something that will be good for you. He wants to teach you something that will be good for your life. So if you'll take that piece of paper and you'll begin to fill it out as we uh, walk along, it will help you learn. It will help. It will make it easier for God to make that investment in your life. I have one other thing that I want us to do before I get started this morning. <clears throat> and that is... This particular thing that says start here. Would you retrieve that right now and hold it up in the air? I would like for everybody to do this because we're going to do a couple things this morning. Yeah, very good. Now, before you put it back where you got it, on the bottom where it says name, um, we're going to do a couple of things. The people that work in our database department have asked me 
to please confirm everybody's name, email address, all that stuff. So we're going to take a little extra time this morning, if you would, please, and fill out that entire box. Now, if you're a guest, I realize that can be an intimidating thing, so I would ask you to do only one thing, and that is give us your name and your email address. I'd love to send you an email this week uh, thanking you for coming this morning. Nothing other than that, really. Uh, And the rest of it, if you want to fill out, if you're comfortable doing that, um, please do that as well. So I'm going to give everybody a minute here to do that. Okay, if I was a good server, I would recognize everyone has set down the menus and you're ready to order. That's how that works, right? So, let me, let me catch you up to speed and where we are this morning. We're wrapping up a series of teachings that started way back at the beginning of the year called Level 4 Living. And it, it corresponds to what you see over here, which is a continuum that starts with, with exploring Christ, moving into growing in Christ close to Christ in living a Christ-centered life. And we've noted on several occasions that actually fullness of life, moving from level one, level two, level three, level four, level four living, fullness in life is determined by our proximity to Christ. The closer we get to Him, the fuller our lives become. Not the busier, there's a big difference, the fuller our lives become, the more meaningful, the more significant, the more effective, and the more satisfying they are to us. And so we're going to be finishing this up. The first part was about God's design. The second part was about our responsibilities. And today we're going to be finishing up a section called the church's role. And we're going to lay out some stuff uh, from God's word that I think you'll find very, not only informative, but inspirational and exciting. And then we're going to show you what that looks like at New Life. So let's back the train all the way up to the station and let's talk about the mission of the church. Not just the mission of New Life. We're going to start out by talking about the mission of the church in general. And it's laid out by Jesus in Matthew chapter 28. So take a look at the video screens and we're going to read that passage. Jesus said, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. By the way, when Jesus says that, you know what is understood in that? You probably ought to listen. Because if anybody says, listen, I've, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth, that means that whatever he says next is going to happen. Now he goes on to say, go then to all peoples everywhere and make them my disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teach them to obey everything I have commanded you, and I will be with you always. So, 
We're going to write out a formula because that passage gives a formula for the mission of the church. And I'm going to abbreviate it up here so you can see it. And that is the mission of the church actually has two parts in it. The first is outreach and the second is spiritual maturity. And, and the idea of outreach is actually service and the idea of spiritual maturity is actually development. And so there's, there's a church formula for all of us that the mission of the church has this outreach component which is going to all peoples everywhere and making them my disciples and baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's outreach. The second part is that development or spiritual maturity part. And that is teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Let's start with the concept of outreach. You know what Jesus is really saying? That the job of the church begins with carrying the good news of Jesus in basically three things. That there is forgiveness of sin, there's transformation of lives, and there's eternal life, and all three are offered in Jesus. And that God's design for us is that we would experience all three. And the job of the church is to carry that good news across the face of planet earth. So when I read that passage, I realize something. I realize that outreach should be the number one item in every church's budget. Doesn't that make sense? If that's our job, yeah, it's not going to happen if we don't allocate funds to it. I realize that outreach should be the focus of virtually every ministry in the church. Because Jesus said, that's where our work begins. Now, I scripted something and wrote it out so that I wouldn't get long-winded. <clears throat> but it's my own, a little bit of my own personal story. And so I want to read it to you. And if you've been here the last couple of weeks, we're going to tie into something I said last week. Last week I mentioned that one of the passages we, re we read from the Bible that we read actually that morning was transformational in my life as a 13-year-old boy. He was the one that spoke about that first church and how its people were so excited to be together, how they made great sacrifices to help others in need, and how together they made an outstanding impact on their entire city. I was so impressed as a junior higher that I bowed my head right there in church and prayed that God would enable me someday to be part of a church like that. Time won't permit telling the whole story of the journey from that day to this. But I want to share with you the latest chapter in that story and how God answered my prayer as a 13-year-old boy. On May 29, 1997, I left Honolulu, headed for my next assignment from your boss and mine. Who's that? God. My assignment to establish in Petaluma a regional church focused on taking the good news of Jesus to the unchurched people of this region. That was my job. I want to read it one more time. 
to establish in Petaluma a regional church focused on taking the good news of Jesus to the unchurched people of this region. He made it very clear to me that this church could not, would be primarily comprised of people could not be primarily comprised of people from other churches. He wanted it to be made up primarily of people who either had no church background or who weren't currently going to a church. I was excited and scared all at the same time. Excited because of the fire he had put in my soul that day as a 13-year-old boy when I read that passage from Acts chapter 2. All of my life, I had dreamed of being part of a church that effectively carried the good news of Jesus to the people of its community. But I was scared because God was asking me to do something I knew nothing about. Start a church. For 27 years, he had given me the same basic assignment. Go to an existing church and multiply its productivity. That was my comfort zone. And I had spent 27 years carefully crafting it. I was very comfortable there. In fact, when the request came to start a new church, I turned it down flat. It was so far out of my box, I didn't even consider it. But fortunately, God gave me a wonderful and devoted wife who asked me a few questions. Like, Why are you turning this down without even praying over it? How do you know this opportunity hasn't come from God? And then the real kicker. All of our married life, I've always known you to be a man who would do anything God wanted you to do, make any sacrifice, take on any project he brought your way, and it never mattered whether you knew how to do it or not. So I'm surprised and disappointed that you have dismissed this without even taking it to God in prayer. What could I say to that? So I took it to prayer, and shortly thereafter, we were headed for Petaluma. (laughs) Which begs an interesting question. Who really wears the pants in our family? (laughs) Actually, God does, and every once in a while, Monica has to remind me of that. So in a way, this church owes a big debt of gratitude to Monica. Anyway, from that day to this, this is what I want you to get. God's assignment for me and subsequently for New Life has never changed. We are a church whose mission begins with a focus on carrying the good news of Jesus to the unchurched people of this region. Does that make sense to everybody? That's our job. Okay, it starts right In Scripture, Jesus said, here's the first thing the church is supposed to do. The church is supposed to go and make disciples. And that's our job as a church. And I'm delighted that virtually every ministry in this church works on that virtually all the time. The second part of that mission of the church is equally important, and that is the spiritual maturity part. Because you know, fullness of life doesn't come in making the decision to become a Christian. Fullness of life comes in living out the Christian life. It takes far more than just making the decision. 
We have to allow God to change our lives and transform us so that we can then begin to live as Christ has called us to live. And it's in the living out of the Christian life that we experience fullness of life. So that's equally important. So there is the mission of the church in a formula. It's outreach plus spiritual maturity. So what does that look like at New Life? Well, here's the mission statement that God has given us, and you'll see that it's built just like that. Our mission statement reads like this, connecting people to God and others. What part would that be? Are you sure of that? What part would that be? Outreach, yes. Developing them as followers of Christ, what would that be? Spiritual maturity. And moving them into lifestyles of service, what would that be? Now you're stuck, aren't you? Moving them into lifestyles of service means that we get them involved in ministries that help people learn the good news about Christ and develop spiritually. Ministry is what supports both of those. Because if you take ministry out of the equation, neither one of those can happen. So that's our job. It's exactly what Jesus called us to do, and it's exactly what we do. So that's the mission is the what. It's very important that we continually keep that in mind. You've probably heard the statement, the main thing is to keep the main thing the what? Main thing. And that is the main thing. We can't ever let go of either one of those parts of our mission. So now let's talk about the how. Let's talk about the method. Because God's Word gives rich and wonderful insight into the method of how this can happen in the church. And so we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 4. And and, uh, we're going to break into that context where Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus. And he explains to them how the church is supposed to work. He said, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. If you had to wrap that up in one word, they would be the church's what? Leaders, correct? Yeah, God gave leaders to the church. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do works of service and build up the church, the body of Christ. Now, if we do those things, what's going to happen? This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in Christ, in the Lord. Measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. That's the fullness of life that we've been talking about. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like whom? More and more like Christ who's the head of the body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. That's called ministry. It helps the other parts grow so the whole body is healthy, growing, and full of love. I have a question for you. When it talks about the whole body, he said earlier the body is the church. So I want to read this last part, substituting the word church for body. So the whole church is healthy and growing and full of love. Would you like to be part of a church like that? Doesn't that sound like a great place? Yeah. 
It's growing, it's healthy, it's growing, and it's full of love. Well, that's God's design for the church, and he actually lays out the formula for it right there. And so I'm going to abbreviate that formula as well. And it's going to start out with qualified leaders plus equipped and serving members equals outreach and spiritual maturity. Now, you can see outreach and spiritual maturity is here, and you can see it's here. Because that's the goal. That's our job. But it's going to take qualified leaders. It's going to take equipped and serving members in order for that to happen in the church. That's always been God's goal. Now, let's, let's get three principles that come from that. Number one, leaders serve by equipping the people or the members. That's the job of the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. I was reading a book the other day, and it pointed out the fact there's no church in the world who can afford to pay for the people to do ministry. A lot of churches think it's our job to come to church and to give, and it's the church's staff job to go out and do ministry. No, that's not God's formula at all. It doesn't say these are the gifts God gave the church, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to do the work of ministry. He says, no, our job is to train and equip the people to do the work of ministry. That's, that's our job. That's how we serve. It's not the only way we serve, but it's a principal way we serve. The second principle we can see is this, and that is members serve by doing works of service. Now, there's no job you can do anywhere that doesn't require some form of training. I don't care what your job is, no matter how simple or routine, when you get on the job the very first day, does the boss just say, go out there, I think you can figure it out? No. If, they, if you do have a boss like that, I pray for your company. It's not going to last very long. Because every job in the world requires training. Okay? So when you become a member of the church, when you decide, I want to get involved with Christ, I want to be involved in this grand project of reaching the world with the good news of Jesus, then one of the things that you ought to want to get is training so that you can be involved in that project because you're going to need that training. So the members get trained so they can do works of service. But there's a third principle that's equally important, and that is this, and that is everyone participates in outreach and grows in spiritual maturity. Leaders and members alike. You know why leaders participate in outreach, even though we equip and train members to go do that? Because before we are leaders, what are we? Members. Yeah. The day that I chose to become a pastor and answer God's call in my life, did that remove me from church membership? Nope. I'm still a Christian just like everybody else. It's still my, my, my desire to, to work in ministry. But I have additional responsibilities of training and equipping. And so that's how the church is supposed to work together in ministry. Well, that begs a very interesting question, and that is, what does that training and equipping look like? What does it look like here at New Life? So let's jump into four different uh, sources of equipping and training that, that God has instructed us to offer at New Life. And the first is public teaching. There's a reason why we set aside a half hour of every time we get together 
for a Sunday morning church service, there's a reason why we set aside a half hour strictly for Bible teaching. Because we, every week we want to start with an investment in training and learning and getting equipped. Because the truth is, we want to be skillful and effective at carrying the good news. Yeah, that's the most important message we could carry. Let's carry it well. So that's one of the reasons why we do. But the truth is, a half hour of Bible teaching on Sunday morning is not going to turn the average church member into a skillful and effective carrier of the good news of Jesus. It's going to take more than that. And so we have some other things. Now, what we get here is very important, but we're going to supplement that with something called core curriculum. And this is going to be brand new to everybody, even if you've been here for 13 years. I'm going to lay out some stuff in the next five to seven minutes that's brand new, and it's something God has called all of us to. A few months ago, the staff and I took three days, invested it in fasting and prayer, and said, God revealed to us, for the church, a path of spiritual growth and development that we can lay out for the people, that we can call ourselves and everybody to, that will give us a solid foundation of spiritual growth and development. And what I'm going to lay out for you next, you could call the path of spiritual growth and development. You could call it a path of discipleship. You could call it a path for spiritual maturity. It's all of those and more. And so here are the core curricula that God has called us to. Number one is a foundation. Now, by the way, all of these are life groups. They're all 12 weeks long. They're all going to be part of our regular life group uh, menu that we offer. And number one is a life group called Foundations. You've never seen that one before. You will see it this fall. But basically, the Foundations life group is going to take the teaching that we've been going through the last 11 weeks, and there will be a few more things added to it. It'll be put in life group format, and it will be called Foundations. And that's where when people start coming to New Life and they say, hey, how do I get involved in this church? The first thing we'll say is, it's important for you to take foundations. I want you to think about it like this. When you go to college, every college has what they call prereqs, right? What's a prereq? Well, a prereq is a course that's so basic and foundational to education that the college or university has determined that everyone who wants a degree from this college or university is going to have to take that course, regardless of what their major is. It's foundational, it's crucial to their education. That's what core curriculum is. There are certain things that you can or can't learn as you walk the Christian life, depending upon you who you are, but there are certain things that you absolutely have to know and understand and be part of your life. And that's what, so we're going to start with foundations. Then we're going to follow up foundations with another 12-week life group. And this life group is called Purpose Driven Life. How many of you have ever heard that phrase, Purpose Driven Life? Yes, of course you have. In our culture, other than the Bible, that book has sold more copies than any other book in our country and in our culture. Okay? Uh, It's a great thing. So it's going to take our foundations class, and it's going to take it a little bit deeper and a little bit broader in its scope of Christianity. It's going to help each of us identify the actual purpose for which God made us. Not, not as human beings, but individually. What my purpose is in life and what your purpose is in life and how God might want to work in your life to begin to accomplish that purpose. I'm going to follow that up with a life group called Financial Peace University, which is affectionately known around here as FPU. Okay? 
You know why that's the next one? Because one of the major challenges and obstacles that most of us face in Western culture is how to wisely and in a Christian way handle money and possessions. We struggle with that. And, and, and so we want to help everyone in the church understand how to overcome that and how to live with a godly perspective and to be great managers of the resources God has entrusted to our care during our time on this earth. We're going to follow that up with a course called SHAPE. No, that's not fitness boot camp, okay? But SHAPE stands for spiritual gift, heart, abilities, personality, and experiences, okay? Because training is not enough. You know, by the way, when they say, when they talk about real estate, they say there are three keys to the value of a piece of property. And what are they? Location. What's the second one? Location. What's the third one? Location. By the way, fulfillment in ministry actually is the same. It's about location, location, and location. You have one singing, someone singing on the worship team who cannot carry a tune in a bucket. It's not good for them, and it certainly isn't good for the rest of us. Correct? Right. It's, it's about serving in the right place. SHAPE is, is a 12-week course that will help you identify what your spiritual gift or gifts are, what your areas of heart and real passion are, what your natural abilities that God gave you from birth are, what your personality type is, and what experiences you've had in life puts that all together in a package and helps you identify places where you can serve that take advantage of all of those. And we're going to follow that up, number five, with a thing called Truth Project. Peter wrote to the people of his day and he said, I want you to be ready to give an answer to everyone who asks you about the hope that lies within you. You know, as we go out to interact with the people of our community and we're carrying the gospel of Jesus to them, they're going to ask us questions. And oftentimes I, I find that Christians sort of get paralyzed and I don't know what to say. Okay? Truth Project is, is a wonderful uh, way to help you learn answers to whatever questions or doubts you might have, but all, also answers for those same questions and doubts that others will pose to you as you go out and carry the good news of Jesus. So we want all of us to take those. So, me included, we all start working down that list. That is our path for spiritual development. That's what God guided us to as a church. And so we're going to be encouraging everyone in the church to take those. And by the way, they are best understood and taken in that order. So start with foundations and work your way down through those. And uh, we'll be giving you a lot more information about that as we haul out the next season of life groups and so forth. So uh, that's our path for spiritual development. So we started with public teaching, and then we talked about core curriculum. And now let me talk to you a little bit about electives. Because every college or university not only has pre-wex, but they have electives. The same thing is true in the church. Because every, every season of life groups, we offer electives. And I want to challenge you to do a couple of things. If you're a guy, every once in a while, go to a guy's group. Do it for 12 weeks. It'll be good for you. You'll learn some things that all Christian guys need to know. If you're a gal, go, go to one of the ladies' life groups. If, if you're a married couple, take a, take a session and go to one of the couple's life groups. If, if, um, if you're a, a mother of small kids, take a session and go to the moms of, 
of, of young children's group. If you're parents, go to a parenting life group. The idea is, don't just pick up the catalog and, and go, oh yeah, I've always been part of that life group. I'll just sign up for that one again. Because if you want to be well-rounded as a Christian, you got to get around. Does that make sense? So those electives are out there and they're part of our training so that we can live this fullness of life. So we've got public teaching, we've got core curriculum, we've got electives, and the last thing we offer is on-the-job training. Yeah, every company that's decent gives on-the-job training. In this church, you have the wonderful opportunity to do what we call a first serve. You can try any ministry in the church one time, no strings attached. You get a little training up front. You go work with somebody who's really skilled at it. You work side by side with them. If it's a good ministry fit for you, you get additional training, and then you begin working in that ministry. And if you stay in that ministry long enough, you get to be the trainer. That's how that works. Somebody has to be doing that, and that, that's such a great thing. So in short, and I know I've covered a lot of material in a short period of time, that's the mission God has given us as a church. That's the method God has given us for a church. Those are the sources of equipping and training that God has called us to as a church. And so, in closing, let me give you the final thought. It's found in John chapter 10, verse 10, and it's right where we started this particular teaching series some 11 weeks ago. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it how? Have it to the full. So there it is. It's exactly the way Jesus wanted it. And that His fullness of life is available to every single one of us. But here's the principle you have to get out of it. The choice is now ours. God could overpower every one of us and just inject us with fullness of life. But if that were the case, we would have no choice in the matter and God wouldn't really be honored because our praise would not be praise of choice or gratitude. It would be forced. It would be rote. We would be little, little people machines. And God said, no, if people are going to give me praise, I want it to be by choice. People are going to follow me. I want it to be by choice. So the choice is ours. So now, if you will take the card that I had you write your name and stuff on it, let's turn it over on the back side. And I want to walk through what our next steps are. The first next step is making the decision to become a follower of Christ. That's a really important one. Because that's where it all begins. You don't get fullness of life by following Christ without making the decision to follow Him up front. So the first one is I'm choosing to make my first decision. If you've already made that decision in the past, don't, don't, don't check that thing. Say, well, I want them to know I'm a Christian anyway. No, don't check that because that generates a whole lot of work for people who are going to follow up on everybody who checks that particular circle. Number two, I want to become part of new life. I've laid out for you what God has called us to as a church. I've laid out for you the method He's called us to. I've laid out for you the training. If you look at that and you say, you know, I've been coming to, to new life I don't care if you've been coming, this is your first time, or you've been coming a year, year and a half. If you want to be part of the church and you've never made that indication, then I want you to check that particular circle if you know that's what God wants you to do. Or I'm already a member of New Life. Now remember I had you fill out all the stuff on the front side because our database people are working on that. Okay? 
If you're already a member of New Life, please don't just think, oh yeah, they already know that. Okay? If you're already a member of New Life, please check that circle because we want to make sure uh, that we haven't overlooked anybody. And then last of all, I will take one step this week to move closer to Christ. That should be on everybody's agenda. I'm not telling you you have to check that. But it would be our desire, be my desire, would be God's desire that every one of us would take a step this week. What am I going to do? Now, by the way, that's not going to happen automatically. Everybody understand that? If you check that circle, then you need to figure out what is it you're going to do this week that will move you closer to Christ and then devote yourself to it. Now would you pray with me? Father, thank you for the clarity of your word that lays it out so clear that our job is outreach and spiritual maturity. Thank you for your word that lays it out so clearly that our job as a church is is to provide the training and and the leadership that can provide the training. And, And it's our job to get equipped. And then it's our job to go and serve. So, Lord, would you work through the the types of training that you've called us to supply as a church, that we might be a church of people who are growing in their skill and their ability to carry the gospel to the people of this area, and that we might be a people who are growing spiritually, that we might be a church that's healthy and growing and full of love. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.